Thank you so much for joining us on this first episode of this bonus series uh, where we are answering bonus your questions. I don't know why you did, I did it that. again. Why I do know. Do I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Disciples Made podcast, the beginning of the third bonus season. I'm not sure what a bonus season is. We've gone through this so many times. Oh, have we? Oh, guess who's back on the podcast? Hey. <laughs> None other than the Hannah Phipps. What is this bonus season about here? Um, so we have thrown a lot of information at our listeners, and so we wanted to give you guys a chance to... Um, submit your questions so that we know that this is super tailored to where you're at, the experiences um, that you're going through so that we can serve you best where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. We're, we're looking forward to that. But hey, before we get into that, we kind of, we want to roll through kind of the, the six categories of questions that these kind of funneled into. Um, but before going there, um, just to let everybody know that Hannah Phipps is not going to be around after another <laughs> 21 days 22 22 days 22 days from now she will actually go from being hannah phipps to hannah wellborn <laughs> how about that a lot of cool things happening with the phipps family excited for hannah and gage getting ready to celebrate with them up in the colorado mountains so that's gonna be an awful lot of fun so, and also, just real quick, another thing we want to say, or I want to say just personally, um, before getting into your, your questions, the things that you said matter to you, just want to let you know that you, as a disciple maker, are someone we care deeply about. We just want to say thank you for what you do. Um, you're seen. Uh, we know that you are in the mess with people that you're choosing to disciple because lives are messy and the more uh, vulnerable and the more um, open you are with people, just the the more challenging that can be. And some of those things can weigh on your heart and uh, help you uh, not get to sleep real well at night or get up in the morning thinking about that. You may have plenty of support in dealing with that. You may not have any support in that. And we want you to know that you are seen and you are appreciated, and we do this podcast for you, the disciple makers, the people that want to see Jesus uh, grow in people and become famous through people. We appreciate you. So with that said, here's your questions. I'm just going to run down these. Hannah, let's just introduce them uh, one at a time and uh, then come back and tackle the first one. Question number one, you asked this question, are you a fan of sermon-based Small groups, why or why not? That must be pretty popular. Hannah, what's the second one? The second one is, you seem to say that Bible studies are not adequate for making disciples. Are you saying that? If not, what are you saying? Man, I love that one. Can't wait for that. That'll be uh, next week. Question three, what's the difference between a D-group strategy and disciples made group triads? Fantastic question because that kind of language is getting uh, more and more popular. Question four. You regularly use the word accountability like it is a wonderful thing. <laughs> In my experience, accountability has not been helpful at all. Why do you think accountability is helpful? Man, 
That's such a legitimate question. And I'm sorry for the folks that uh, have experienced that. And I cannot wait uh, to share that. Week five, what do you think are the main reasons we aren't able to multiply small group leaders in the church? Man, that's a question I dealt with and just decided I was going to die on that hill. So look forward to sharing more about that on week five. The last week um, and the sixth question is who influenced you the most? Mm. Did someone disciple you? What were the most critical discipleship growth steps in your journey? That one was a lot of fun to go back and uh, trace. Just very meaningful looking over the history of my life till now and just seeing God's kind, caring, providential hands. So I do want to say that these bonus episodes will be six weeks in a row. We've been doing in a row <laughs> in a row. We've been doing every other week for our main episodes. These bonus episodes will be six right in a row. And then when we get back to our season four, oh man, at the end, other side of this, uh, we will be going back to every other week for those longer episodes. Thank you for that. Now, if they don't want to think about it and put it on their calendar, because I know people are just on the edge of their seat waiting uh-huh. to get these every time, uh, they can hit the, uh, is there a like and subscribe button? I mean, I watch YouTube fishing videos and stuff, and they are always <laughs> saying, hit the like and subscribe button. Do we have something like that here on the podcast thing where people can just... Oh, right. yeah. Well, we are on Apple Podcasts, where you can obviously subscribe there. On Spotify, you can follow us, get notified when we upload an episode. Uh, we also have an email list that uh, sends out oh, new yeah. episodes. And so you can um, sign up for that by going to disciplesmade.com backslash podcasts. Backslash. I wonder why it's not forward slash. I want to go forward. Wait, is it forward? I don't know. It's at the top of the page there, podcast. Because this is our primary means of communication. We want you to know us. We're goofy people. Uh, We take Jesus seriously and we take life seriously. We don't take each other seriously. We like shenanigans. So hit that whatever button uh, so that you can hang with us. Yeah. (laughs) want you to be a part of this uh, growing family. All right. So let's jump into the question for this week. (laughs) Question one. Are you a fan of sermon-based small groups? Why or why not? I am a fan of any and every effort to mobilize people. And I just need to be throwing that one out there because if you remember question number two was about uh, makes it sound like you don't think Bible studies work. Uh, Mm -hmm. So just kind of throwing that in there. I am a fan of any and every effort to uh, disciple people, to mobilize people, to help people become like Jesus and help people share uh, Jesus. That said, not all disciple-making experiences are created equal, and they probably shouldn't be. They probably shouldn't be. If you... uh, if you have not gone, listened to season one of our podcast, it's all about the pillars of the IDE or, you know, that's our short way of saying intentional disciple making environment. And there are five pillars there. It's outcome focused. It's habit fueled. It's content flavored. It's community forged and mission fixated. And every one of those elements of a disciple making environment are the elements that we have seen that Jesus has used to actually mobilize people in a way far more significant than we ever experienced. Go back and check that out. Uh, To the degree that any type of uh, sermon-based small group uh, has all five of those things, I would say they're awesome. I would be a huge 
fan and I'll share some of the pros and cons of what I've seen uh, come out of sermon-based small groups in my experience in the past. Um, the other thing here is you might want to check out season three for the different roles that small groups play as steps in a bigger process. If sermon-based small groups aren't just a one-off thing that keeps people kind of connected to the church, uh, but they're part of a bigger process of actually discipling and mobilizing people, then I would be a huge fan. Um, But the reality is people are in different places spiritually, and we need groups of all different types and sources to meet them where they are and move them through the process of spiritual formation. And we talk about that process an awful lot. Just mention it quickly here. Uh, I kind of see as I look at how Jesus uh, discipled his guys that he invited them to walk through three phases. Phase one, explore, you know, come and see, come check things out. And then once they kind of defined the relationship and realized he was God, he was the Messiah, he was the chosen one, he started to develop them to start to uh, make Peter a little bit less like Peter and a little bit more like himself and to mobilize them into this thing called the mission of the Great Commission. And so he started with explore, went to develop, which is take up your cross and follow me. And then at the end, you know, the goal there was feed my sheep, partner with me and extending this forward to the degree that your groups, uh, sermon based or whatever, help people walk through that more comprehensive process the more I am absolutely a fan. So I kind of have an analogy, but it might be a stretch. Well, go for it. Do you want to hear it? Okay. So for me, right, I am getting married in 22 days. So trying to work out a little bit more. Um, Beforehand, I was going to the gym by myself is very self-paced. Kind of similar to a small group, right? Yeah. Um, Getting stuff done just very slowly and not as impactful. Recently, about three weeks ago, I joined a gym that has coaches and it's a class. Mm. So they really meet you where you're at. They have different elements that make it a very um, impactful workout. And so I have seen more progress in the last three weeks than I (laughs) have the past year of going to my old gym. And so I kind of see that like once going to the gym is good, Small groups are good, but once you add in those different elements um, of the five pillars or, you know, the coaches pushing you and these different like hit elements and stuff like that, then that's really where you get that impact. Yeah. Um, yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there thinking if you're a pastor of a church or a disciple maker that influences spiritual formation, um, the obvious analogy there is that there are someone that's leading a community of people toward a particular goal, which is increased health, uh, which is a loss of weight, increase of muscle tone, you know, all the things that help you become a healthier, more vibrant person. And very much in spirituality, that's the same way. There are things that make us slug spiritually, and there are things that actually uh, give us uh, spiritual fitness. And having that coach and having that community is is critical. So I see, uh, just like you see the benefits and some values there in uh, the Orange Theory stuff, there is some inherent value in a sermon-based strategy that I would like to share with you. First, it, uh, it gives the ability for a church family to focus on, on, on something together and to apply what you've heard. Like, um, the, what is a sermon-based small group? A sermon-based small group, if we haven't covered that yet, is on Sunday morning, the pastor or whoever will, be, will, will preach a sermon, 
and uh, which is usually decent content, good content, excellent content, perhaps. And then uh, when you show up to your small group on Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it is, you actually process questions or elements uh, based upon that actual sermon. So you're taking that information and applying it to life. You're chewing on it. You're asking questions about things that you don't understand. And you're moving forward with that. And I think that is huge. There's an awful lot of info dump that happens. So imagine you go to Sunday school on Sunday morning, if your church has Sunday school, uh, you go to, and you, and you hear a message or you hear a Bible study, and then you go to hear the message on Sunday. So now you've heard two messages and you're wondering, what do you do with that? And then you go to Wednesday small group and you're hearing a third message and it becomes just too much to apply. You might be asking yourself, what do I do with all this information? And I think it protects against that when you do a sermon-based strategy, which I think is very, very helpful. Also, there's a, like I said earlier, it's a unified focus. There becomes more and more a sense of us. You know, who are we as a church? Who are we becoming as a church? Where are we going? It gives everybody kind of this uh, unified rally cry together. And then kind of the last of the inherent values that I see in a sermon-based small group uh, process is it is an easy on-ramp for people to get into groups. If your message series is four or five or six weeks, you're never more than two or three weeks away from a new person being able to jump in to a group. And I think those are just pretty um, solid benefits to having that kind of a strategy, at least as part of your process. All right. So you've talked about the benefits yeah. of sermon-based, but... What are some inherent weaknesses to sermon-based small groups? Yeah, I mean, I can share these, and uh, I would actually appreciate it if there are folks out here who uh, use sermon-based small groups and you've uh, solved or accomplished or mitigated um, some of these things. Just uh, put that in the comments. I mean, we would love to hear uh, what you have to say about this. The one inherent weakness that comes to me um, is it is a one-size-fits-all approach, uh, uh, and if you're only uh, addressing this one topic and it happens to be the sermon series is on financial peace or whatnot, and you're real solid in your finances, but your marriage is falling apart. It's like I'm getting the one pill that the church offers and uh, I'm just not sick where that is. And so it kind of keeps you from being able to focus on the things that are more pertinent uh, to you and perhaps other people in your group. Now, of course, some of this is going to be mitigated to the maturity of the group and the leader. If the group is uh, uh, led by a mature leader, they could probably lead at, a, at that particular topic at different levels of spiritual maturity and spiritual formation. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge that I see uh, with that. My first thought goes to, I remember seeing somebody's post on Facebook that like everybody was doing the F like financial peace university and she had been homeless and I think recently out of that. And so she was looking for a church at that point that was not speaking on that because that was a very big hurting point for her. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I think that highlights the point I just made. Um, there are people coming in with different needs and, um, and if you only have kind of that one bullet and I would say that it's also fairly difficult to add things, um, like, well, what, what type of counseling services do you provide? Do you have group counseling, uh, grief care? Do you have, you know, uh, other types of recovery that go alongside? And if you do, 
uh, kind of what category can that fit in? Like at uh, Westside Family Church, where I served as the groups director for nine years, we had life groups, life studies, and lifelines. The life groups were the typical small groups that we often talk about here on this podcast. The uh, the life studies were more teacher centric, you know, um, a lot of teaching, a lot of uh, 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 just kind of study. Uh, and we wanted to uh, protect those and uh, found those very valuable for people that were in that developed phase in particular. And then there were uh, lifelines and those were like the recovery groups, uh, counseling groups, more uh, dealing with emotional healing and support. And uh, if perhaps if you have categories like that, you can have those going as well as some based small groups. Uh, not sure how folks actually uh, get the opportunity to address multiple needs with that type of strategy going forward. Uh, that all said, you know, those are some, some inherent values and uh, what I perceive as some inherent weaknesses as far as the sermon-based small groups go. Here's what we did at, um, at Westside. Uh, we did not have a sermon-based small groups. We did have some, but we did not have a strategy that said this is the primary strategy. We were uh, instead very leader-directed um, and we, and the group leader directed the group leader is the one that makes that choice. And we gave them a process through which to kind of determine the needs of the, the group, the spiritual direction needs of the group. We guided those leaders early on in their group life and then opened the aperture later. Uh, typically a brand new small group would start with a sermon based campaign. Uh, we usually did those in January and we did those in September. We tried doing them in the middle of that as well to get more and more on ramps. Uh, but basically they, the small group would start by doing whatever the small group experience was with that weekend uh, sermon series. And then we said, after that, after you're done with that, here's the first three groups are the group curriculums that you can do once you get started. You pick the order, but these are the three we want you to experience. And it was more about like, how do we live together as a healthy uh, small group? Where do we want to go from here? Uh, those kind of things. So very basic. And we didn't want to tell people you do this, then this, then this. So we gave them a, a nice little choice of, to, to choose from. And then after those, those three groups were done, we gave them a list of preferred curriculum that we wanted them to work from. And um, the, that preferred list was eight to 10 different small group curriculums that were complementary to the focus of the sermons that we were going to have that year. We always mapped out our uh, sermon series a year in advance. Uh, we were always a year ahead. We always knew what was coming the following year. And so it was very easy for me to um, pick things that would complement that focus so that that idea of not having info dump that where you couldn't apply what you were learning was mitigated to some degree. So, you know, they started with the sermon based deal with the campaign. Then they went, they had a choice of three. We asked them to do those three first. They picked the order. Then we opened them up to a list of preferred curriculum to choose from that year. But we also had a list of approved uh, uh, curriculums. That was a growing list every year because some people would find something online that was fantastic. It wasn't a part of one of those lists and we invited them, bring it to us, you know, let us see that. And, uh, we'll look through that. And if it, if it makes sense to us, we'll put it there, uh, in that approved list. So what I'm hearing is you gave them an easy on-ramp to start a small group. Yes. And you're giving for those leaders and then you're also giving people an easy on ramp if they've never joined a small group before. It's 
a much easier yes because they kind of know what they're getting into rather than something else that they, you know, have no idea about. Um, And then you give them more as their leadership progresses. You are giving them more and more opportunity to grow. And then that in turn allows them to feed their group where they're at and serve them in their place. But then also it gives them responsibility, which makes them more passionate because they're choosing what's best for the people in their group. And so they own it um, even more than if you were like, okay, well this week we're doing this and then in five weeks you're doing that and that's what you get. (laughs) That's, that's great insight. Um, Another way I would say that is we just kind of treated people like adults like to be treated. Yep. They like to make choices and, uh, and they want to make wise choices. They want to, they want to succeed. They want to do what's best. Hey, to wrap this thing up, I hope you've uh, seen that, um, that uh, there are things about the sermon based uh, strategy that we love or that I love. Uh, there's things that I see as potential limiting factors. Share with you what we chose to do when I was in charge of a system like that. But to wrap, just want to say again, we are a fan of anything that helps people center on and grow in uh, the likeness of Jesus. In fact, um, Disciples Made is in the process of developing a new and more powerful app that will deliver more of these intentional disciple-making environments to help you disciple others along the spiritual pathway. We're opening up that aperture, and we're making a huge investment uh, to do this so that people like you can have more tools at your disposal uh, to talk with people that are not even really spiritually curious or just starting to be spiritually curious. We are devoting the rest of this year uh, not just to build the app, but to start filling it with things that you can use uh, for your own purposes. And here's the deal. We're actually going to be giving those things away. There are not going to be a charge for those. We want to put tools in your hands that you can use that don't have any financial obligation on your part. But here's the deal. If you care about what we're doing and you want to support us, we need your financial partnership to do this. We are taking a big risk in uh, kind of going out this way and starting to give stuff away. Huge investment into the tech, huge investment into the team to build it. It's going to be a huge investment to start to share these things. Um, So in the program notes below, just click the link to our donation page and start a monthly contribution. That could be uh, very small, uh, $10 a week, a month, $5 a month, whatever it is, you know, anything that you can do to help us uh, support this mission would be huge. If you're looking to invest more significantly in a ministry like Disciples Made and you want to hear more, um, I would love to sit and talk with you, share a little presentation with you. Just email us at podcast at disciplesmade.com and we will reach back out to set up something very soon. There's a lot of exciting things happening. It's so, so many. fun. <laughs> we can't wait to share more with you guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this first episode of this bonus series uh, where we are answering bonus your questions. I don't know why you did I did it that. again. Why I do know. You do that? I'm sorry. <laughs> we will see you next week for question two. You seem to say that Bible studies are not adequate for making disciples. Are you saying that? If not, What are you saying? See you next time. We'll see you then. We hope that what you heard today was an encouragement to you or that it increased your curiosity in making disciples that make disciples. If you'd like to learn more about our experiences or set up a coaching call, you can visit us at disciplesmade.com or email podcast at disciplesmade.com.